0: Stutterbox Productions is a backbone for many of the events they've seen in the Midwest, from EDM festivals to late-night hip-hop shows. This company has been working closely with this podcast since the beginning, and we always have plenty of things planned for the future. So, if you're looking to plan your next get your event, head over to their Facebook page to learn more today. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Cow Stars Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Colton McAllister. Before we start the episode today, I want to give a mention we have our assistant back from safari, um, back from her, um, she had to get an entire, because this position is so, is so wrench, you know, heart-wrenching and, uh, you know, complex that she needed to get her entire ass master's degree. Um, Still no pay, but um, we're... (laughs) Hey, that's how it be. I'm kidding. Molly just finished her uh, master's degree to be a therapist, so I just wanted to mention that she's back. We have an assistant back, so we're not as crazy and off the cuff as we will be. When somebody goes on a crazy rant, we will now be able to back it up with facts. (laughs) (laughs) With therapy. (laughs) (laughs) And therapy. And therapy. Molly can chime in. uh, We'll do that at the end. We'll be like, hey, Molly, you want (laughs) to... therapy advice from molly exactly okay anyways Uh, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen we have a returning guest as always uh um one of my favorite guests to have on one of the most the smartest people i've ever met it's been a while guys i'm a little a little loose but that or God damn it. I'm out with it. Yeah. Everybody, Aubrey, OBS, <laughs> <laughs> aka Bar- Aubrey Barnes. How the hell you doing today, man?
1: Man, I've been a good man. I, I, I appreciate that intro, too. Like, it's I, I have to say, too, like, I always, like, I watch, like, McAllister hours, stuff like that, and I know, like, on podcasts, you'll mention people how, like, you think I'm the smartest person. I'm always like, oh, that's crazy, because I don't think I'm the smartest person. <laughs> But I love that. I'll I've heard the, that from other people, though. huh? I've heard that from other people. Oh shoot! See if other people said
0: that, it's, it's not a lie. I, I deserve
1: to be president or something. I would never want that job.
0: Uh, you well, you were just on the infamous goats podcast, and um, and I was, and we were just talking about this. But I was talking to them before, or um, you know, after you guys did your show, and they're actually going to come on our podcast. Um, yeah. But they said the same thing, and they said like, yeah, it's smart, motherfucker. Like you just you have a very like. Um, nuanced perspective yeah. on society and just everything going on. And I always really appreciate your take.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate that, man. I think it's just the artist, like the creative in me, even though like, I know a bunch of creatives and all that, but like the more I kind of look at like uh, creatives like Van Gogh and stuff like that, I was just at a, have you heard about the Van Gogh uh, experience? You know, that sounds familiar. Is that in Iowa or Illinois? So it's a traveling thing. So like oh. right now they have a, a spot in a in Davenport, but it's pretty much this like uh, interactive art exhibit b- of like pieces by Vincent van Gogh, where mm. you pr- it's pretty much like uh, this big ass room that like kind of like projects all these pictures that van Gogh paint painted mm. and kind of animates them. But um, before you get oh. into this big ass room, there's like this long hall of like facts about um vincent vingale's life and all that and oh, like from him and like just looking at that shit it just really reminds me like it's i don't know i, I resonated with a lot with this quotes because he had a very nuanced perspective about mm. life you know him also being like a, a pastor's kid and mm. all that so mm-hmm. i think it's just the creative in me that kind of like is said like the the smart it's just because i'm always thinking
0: about shit i think <laughs> it's just a creative thing that is a very um that is a very creative thing. Like, it, it's almost like comedians, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, you know, I think the, a reason a lot of people put so much weight in, like, a comedian's word is because, like, like, yeah, they're creative, and yeah, they're just making dick jokes, but at the same time, like, they, like... Their ability, their like their nuanced perspective on things, like gives them that ability to like like yeah. look at things in a way, and be like, oh, this is actually like really funny. Like yeah. this fucked up thing that happened, you know, is actually hilarious in like a really fucked up way mm-hmm. or what? Not even a fucked up way, just like a different way.
1: Yeah, you know? no, co- comedians yeah. are like. I always tell people like comedians to me are like. Like, are, are are just, like, poets on a whole other different spectrum, you know, just, like, with what they do creative-wise. Because, like, just, like, with what I do as a spoken word artist, like, I just, I say things with no kind of music accompaniment. But it's, like, thought-provoking. And comedians mm. are the same way. Like, that's one thing I, I appreciate about comedians. Like, the ones that I enjoy, like, George Car- Carlin or, like, Dave Chappelle and shit like that, um is that um, they're able to, like, talk about really, like, offensive things. But, like, mm. in a way that, like, makes you think about it differently, you know? So, I definitely pull a lot of inspiration from, uh, from comedian comics and that too, like with just how they think and like how they kind of like show their thoughts through their art and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Um, in, in, that is kind of one of the weird things about this day and age we live in. Right. Is like, there is a lot of like, uh, social policing and PC and all that kind of stuff. But like that, then there's also this like counter culture wave towards that. And I think a lot of that is headed by comedians, Look at Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, absolutely. mean, he's, he's in my, I mean, I think not only my opinion, but almost everybody else's opinion, like, however you feel about him, <clears throat> like that guy's the goat. Yeah. Like he, he like made podcasting, like mainstream and, and, and like yeah, brought the true. attention to it that like, like, it, I mean, and there were other podcasts before him for sure. But like, there's just something really unique about what he did. And like, um, you know, again, I think that's like a comedian mindset, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and another aspect to like that is like, um, like as a comedian, you're, you know, you really have to like market yourself and like, <sighs> excuse me if you want to be successful like you have to be creative like you have to get creative on like how you're going to do that like yeah um Especially in this day and age, like not only are you do you have to go to shows, you have to have like a social media presence, you have to do clips, just like any artist or podcast or whatever. You know, it's mm-hmm. again, it's a crazy game, man.
1: Yeah, no, it really is. And it, it's it's funny how you brought that up too. Like one one because I, I, the you kind of describing like comedy, it's, it's really kind of like the culture there is like no different than like what the poetry culture is like now. You know, just in a sense of like, I think poetry is like a thing, like spoken word, spoken word poetry more so. Like has been kind of like progressing and being kind of an acceptant being accepted as like an art form mm-hmm. you know and, and i said just just off of just the fact that like this past year uh the grammys made like spoken word poetry uh, art that you can win a grammy for and stuff like that oh i didn't know that yeah it was just <laughs> this past year and this guy j j ivy who was on kanye west's early uh, college dropout album he <laughs> won the first grammy for spoken word just because he had a spoken word album and all that but nice. he's from uh some of kanye's work and stuff like that but um for me just like with with, with that considered i think it's good but then it's also it kind of it has a opportunity to kind of dilute the art as well too. Cause I feel mm. like the art of poetry, even though like any art form to me, like should be should be a medium where where we provoke thought or aren't afraid to like be vulnerable about the real shit in life. Cause I think like when you think about it historically, a lot of people who were like poets or artists were <clears throat> also like they had like Positions of like some sort of influence politically when you think mm-hmm. about it, you know, like a lot of poets or creatives, they're also politicians or something like that because they had a unique <laughs> perspective, you know, yeah. they weren't afraid to say shit that was like real, even though it was like going to push, push like against uh, the popular thought, you know, but I think like with poetry, it, it's kind of like one thing I'm always critiquing about it besides like the style is that like nobody talks about shit. Cause it's almost like mm-hmm. people are afraid to talk about something real out of the means of like offending somebody, you know, the whole like, The whole premise of like how some poets will like give people like trigger warnings before the poems is just an example of that you know like for me i'm just like i get it like if you have a poem that's like mentioning something that could like trigger someone's like past experience that's cool that you like give that like warning and all that but i'm like you also kind of take away someone facing something that like maybe they need to like I at agree. the end of the day, cause I like, agree. Life is not gonna like life. Life don't got no trigger warnings. Yep. <laughs> it's exactly. like there ain't exactly. no trigger warnings for the for the white dude who's gonna call me the N word <laughs> from his car, and I just gotta be like, oh, okay, well, cool. You know, would that make it better if they said trigger
0: <laughs> <laughs> trigger warning? I'm gonna call you.
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny. I said it because it happened to me just like two weeks ago, two or three weeks oh, ago. Gosh. I was with one of my students, and we're it's it's ironic, <laughs> ironic, is the fuck because i was just uh with one of my students like yeah i was like two three weeks ago for like a juneteenth event Mm -hmm. and i had them perform at it and like it was their first paid performance and stuff so like we're all leaving like happy this high school is like oh i got my first paid gig and all this and leaving a juneteenth event mind you right Mm -hmm. and right when we're leaving in like downtown davenport like the busy parts of downtown, pretty much like the downtown area. We see this like really white scrawny looking kid, like with his head out the window. And he just looks at us and is like, niggers, and just drives off. And I'm just like, this is the most weirdest thing. Cause like, for me, I'm like, I don't care. Like for me, I'm like, this ain't the last time I heard the word. It ain't going to be the last time I heard the word. (laughs) But like, now I'm like, now I got to like, kind of like explain to this 15 or 16 year old, like, Hey man, like this ain't going to be the first time you're called it. It's it sucks and all that but yeah. it's like it's so weird but that's why I meant it, made that so yeah if, if you would've said trigger warning maybe it would've made it a little better because then I kind of explained like oh like cover it's, your ears right <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna say it, <laughs> but with yeah. that said, it's just like it. It's, it gave the kids something to kind of like deal with that. It, that's that's human life. Like you're gonna have ignorant people. You know, I I, I'm a positive nihilist. Like I believe that. Like though, like there's always like a space for like having ho- hope that stuff's gonna get better in life, and like you should to an extent. I think for me, it's always balanced out by realizing that people are just ignorant by by choice. Like yeah, you're yeah. you're, you're in, in a room where you have one person who like is like consciously aware of like stuff you're gonna have a thousand people who are gonna just be ignorant and it's just like that's always gonna be a thing so like for me <laughs> with that said like that's why i just ignore little things like dude who drove drove past me saying that and we like he's always gonna be ignorant yeah if i shouldn't say that maybe he won't but where he's not somebody else is going to be so it's just at the end of the day you just gotta be like you know what whatever you yeah. didn't get out your car and say it
0: would about a different <laughs> different story that different ending yeah. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs>
0: right. Uh, no i mean i mean you know you talk about poetry it's the same with film like you know um like you know yes. kind of more my like yeah i really oh, i I, I understand i i understand like the emotional um response and like like why people do that but yeah i think it does make people soft and i think like i, I just think the whole idea of a trigger warning just like um it really negates like open free thought like yeah. I, th- I think uh like the reason that like films will have things that are like racist homophobic etc like unless you're like you know looking at like birth of a nation or like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah like some like really ignorant piece of like you know some really ignorant filmmaker like unless you're looking at something like that like most of the time um, when films like are depicting that, it's not because the director's racist or the people are racist. Yeah, like, like if they have a movie where they have, like, let's say they have like a like a southern like like Django and Chain for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Like that whole movie, there are white people saying the n word like the entire movie. Yeah. it's crazy, but like it, you almost kind of appreciate it in a way because it's, it's like this is how yes this is how it, yes, is that's how it how really was. happened. You know, that's, it's, it's 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 this it's is why like, we should hate that. This is why we should like look back on that time and be like. Oh, my God. But if you just put trigger warnings and just say <clears throat> and just like make them act like, oh, you know, like, yeah, not real. Then people are people are going to forget that people are going to forget about, like, you know, the things that were really oppressive and they're just going to. Yeah. Know, we're going to get into this thing where it's just not even real. Yeah. You know,
1: yeah. It, it kind of takes away the it, it takes away like growth and development of people at the end of the mm-hmm. day like you know because again it, i like even the movies you mentioned i think about like recent movies like even the revenant i just saw the revenant mm. a couple days ago but
0: like the that's N-word, the one
1: with uh the... leonardo DiCaprio. yes yes where you got to talk about that
0: one huh there were there they really black people and they used the N-word in that movie there weren't black people but they were they
1: referred to native americans as like a black like oh yeah.
0: i see i mm-hmm. see okay.
1: but they like were, yeah they called them like derogatory torms that like is known for for uh sure black folks you know and sure. stuff like that and even pulp fiction you know like they oh, yeah. were using that one but like mm-hmm. i feel like where you could get mad and say cancel this is the other again like i appreciate the realness of it because like nobody's like you, you gotta even think about the actors like to be a to be a white actor <laughs> and you're told by the the producer hey you're gonna say this edward like yeah <laughs> I got to be able to be like, man, like, I get it. And the fact that you follow through, there's nuance to be like, man, I'm, I'm, I, there, that, there, there's some bravery there, <laughs> sir. There's some cookouts that are not going to have you at them because of that. But again, it's like they're just reflecting kind of like real shit that happens, you know. But yeah, I feel like as long as like that trigger warning thing is there, like, it kind of like, it makes, it gets people, uh, uh, almost like, um, an excuse to be ignorant. You know, because like when you have things that like don't show you harsh realities of life, you'd be like, oh, well, I didn't know because of uh, the trigger warnings and stuff like that. I didn't pay attention to the things that were going to like make me like look at hard shit and like maybe like wrestle with it, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's my whole thing. Like if we if we get so caught up in like how people are going to to feel about this in a in a in a negative way, because like some usually our trigger warnings like aren't really like there's people who 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 enjoy like the honesty behind with shit when they like face something hard in in a piece of art, whether it be like comedy, um, poetry, or even mm-hmm. like movies, you know, there's some people who will like be like, "Oh yeah, like that." I've had that happen to me, and I could have been triggered, but I'm gonna let this be like a transformative moment to be like, "Damn, like that shit did <clears throat> did hit," you know? So
0: yeah, well, I mean, let's even look at like um, like the suicide type of shit, right? Like let's like uh, someone cuts themselves and like this trigger warning, whatever like maybe there's someone who's suicidal who like would watch something like that and actually come away from that being like, Hey, maybe I shouldn't kill myself. Yeah. There could actually, there could be a potential where they, they could actually benefit them. Mm -hmm. But when you like, when you make this line and then you're like, Hey, we're just going to cut it off here. You, um, negate that potential. And it's really sad. I think, and I think it's something as both of us as creatives kind of like, you know, find that like sad and upsetting because like, um, yeah, I mean, like you'll like we said, like life is hard. Mm-hmm. Like, and some of the beautiful things that, um, like, this, like this, the, even though those things are bad, there's sometimes beauty that comes out of that.
1: Yeah, I would even say a lot of like the the said intelligence that I have, I don't think I I don't like. <laughs> give ode to like anything that I've read, even though I'm a big book reader. I love reading sure. books and shit like that. I think a lot of it is because like I've, I, I allow myself to like face like hard shit and I don't try mm. to like pretend like it's not there, you know, in, in in the sense of just like the whole suicide thing, you know, even have a, having a, having a sibling who committed suicide like a year mm. and a half ago now. Like I, I could easily be like, oh, I don't want to hear anything that's like about suicide. Cause that'll trigger me, which like there's nuance to even that of just like if, if, if you really if your gut really can't handle it cool don't do it but also like ask yourself why and kind of do the work of like realize and, and kind of like helping out
0: that too you yeah. know but and if you can't handle it don't demand it on other people like yeah that's a big part of the movement that really peeves me is like okay if you don't want to watch it fine but then don't like demand that other people like align with your yeah. What you think
1: yeah there's a lot of ego in that to just because exactly. in that what you're saying is that everybody exactly. should think the way you're thinking it's just like you know at the end of the day like you're one person mm-hmm. to like a world full of billions of people you know not saying that your your reason is is not valid but realize that it's that's your reason not all people are going like fitting it so like yeah i get bothered by that myself too <laughs> yeah
0: exactly you know kind of I kind of debated what I was going to bring this up, but kind of around the subject, I, uh, I'm not <laughs> I'm go for me, it. Why is giving me a look? Um, <laughs> I, 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 recently appeared on podcasts and I won't mention them because, uh, you know, I don't like doing that when I like, like if I have controversy, I don't like, like mentioning the person cause I think yeah. it just kind of feels that like, that's the whole reason it happened. Right. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. For, um, but kind of mutual friends of ours, which was just kind of funny, but, um, hmm. um, I went on their podcast and they kind of did like a gotcha moment on uh, I did this bit where, um, you know rare doozy have you heard of him yeah, yeah 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 yeah. so me I mean I've had him on a podcast like three different times we're I, I consider us friends yeah and we had this I had this bit where I was like um like how much does it cost for an n-word pass we were all just oh, like laughing and joking yeah. about that and I like they literally had like a, a light <laughs> wow <laughs> they had like this big beaming light like directly on me and I'm like I even made a joke I'm like is this the way guys have the light <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Well, and it was really shady because, like, um, like there was just a lot. There were a lot of other people there, like for no reason. Yeah. And then, like, uh, they, she like showed me the notes. She was like, "Oh, this is what we're going to talk about." And like, she didn't mention that. Mm. So I almost kind of felt like they were like setting me up in a way. Oh wow! And, uh, I think I did a pretty good job defending myself. I was just like, you know, it's it's humor. Like, if you don't fuck with it, like that's fine. Like, um, but like I don't. I like you know. I think there's a lot of hyperization around that word, and like I just mm-hmm. I don't know. It was it was uh. It was an interesting experience, uh, you know, uh, facing that, like, that culture of people who are just like, um, like, you know, because of your background, you can't make these jokes. Oh, you know? yeah. Man, that's... An, it, it's a it's, weird topic. Yeah, it's crazy that you brought that up, because it was funny,
1: because, like, uh, I think I saw that. I mean, I saw the episode. Oh, uh, okay. You but did, then I also saw... did watch saw, the episode? The whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, um, my friend, um uh, one of my homies, uh, who used to live in Des Moines and all that, I think he posted a snippet of that on his page and it was oh, really? like like this is why I don't trust this guy. Like I've always had something out for him and all this. <laughs> oh damn. And all that. And for and for me, like uh, like and for me like it, I don't know. Like I think again and, and, and I'm speaking just knowing yeah,
0: and, and if I'm an asshole, I mean tell me. Like tell you No, know? I don't
1: think you're an asshole for it. I think just like it's 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 one of those things though of just like I kind of i'll bring in my experience sure, i guess sure. from working at an at-risk school and all that you know that sure i think i told you about the school like the school that i ended up quitting like a year or something ago because a lot of like weird stuff that was happening there
0: yes yes you did yeah so
1: like i remember when i wrote my whole like um i remember when i wrote my whole uh what do you call those things like an exit interview type like thing to, t- mm. to talk about why you're leaving i yeah. don't know what you call those things i forget at this point exit letter or something yeah, yeah something like that about. So I wrote this thing and like what, and, and I, I pretty much wrote this to kind of like let the like executive directors of school know, like, yo, like I'm quitting for this reason and they probably gonna tell you some bullshit and let me, <laughs> let me jump the gun and be like, nope, like they did all this shit. But, um, one of the things I mentioned in the, uh, letter kind of critiquing the school is that like how like a lot of the staff that I work with, not a lot, there was a couple, I should say, there was a couple, uh, like in the more literal sense too, who like literally would say the N word around me you know yeah. like I had I had one dude who like he was talking. like he said it to me in context of like talking about another student so he wasn't saying it to me directly but still was saying it around me and all this and I remember the moment he said it there was another teacher who was with us and like it was a white teacher and when he said it she kind of like got shocked and looked at me like oh this motherfucker's probably gonna punch him in the face or some shit which I'm like I know where I'm at I'm gonna go punch somebody in the face in the whole ass school and all that but and, and again, like, there's a part of me who's just, again, like, has a sense of, like, I'm going to hear this word all the time. So, like, whatever, you know, what can I do about it? I could go and tell HR, but they ain't going to really do nothing about it. Like, they don't care. They're, they're probably going to try to be, like, do the best they can where I don't say anything and try to be like, oh, let's treat the black person like he matters and, and say black lives matter and say all these yeah. things to make him feel safe. But um, even though I had that part of me that didn't care, there's, like, this weird, like... um, I don't even know how to explain it besides like making it super mystic sounding, I guess. But like, there's this a like, weird ancestral thing of like when I, I hear yeah. the word, sure. it's just like, even though I don't, I'm if, uh, from like a cognitive perspective, I'm like, okay, whatever. Like it's ignorant as fuck, but that just shows you're ignorant. Right, what can I do about that? Sure. But then there's other, there's this other part of me. It's just like, ah, oh, but that really felt like, like you were trying to say something and test me. And, and I said to say that, like, Though like again with me watching the episode, you, you weren't being an asshole in any way, shape or form. But it's just like I guess when it comes to understanding the word and realizing that like there's a lot of people who who, who still kind of feel that like I understand that. You know, yeah. that that even when it's <clears throat> not even said, but even when it's like close to being said, like it's just a thing that like is just felt, you know. I, I and I think for that. me and, and I don't want to say this is like to make it sound like a bad thing. So I don't want anybody to hear what I'm not saying, but like when you have people who who aren't as like aware of the word, just being a word at the end of the day, like that can't hurt you. You know, I don't think it. like, it's uh, again, like it's, and it, it it doesn't dilute the fact that like it hurts. I don't. Cause again, I still feel it and all that, but once you have people who don't know how to make those differentiations of like this word and all that, you're going to have those people who, who, who try to get to you in those got you moments and all that. because like. That word, as as much of as much as it is just a word and doesn't like do anything to you physically, you feel it physically for some weird reason. Like yeah. I don't know how to explain <clears> it. Like no, I, it might be what like the F word is to to someone who's in the LGBTQIA yeah. community. Sure, you know, I sure. don't
0: know, but it's just weird. It's just a really weird thing. Yeah, and, and like I I understand. I mean, that's I mean I said that in the interview. Like I don't go around saying the N word. Yeah, yeah. Like um and you know and i want to, I, I want to mention this too like I'm, I'm not like having you on like oh here's a black friend to like you know back me up like oh you weren't <laughs> dang i wanted to be that token black person in
1: this in this uh perspective to give all the give all the answers now it's, it's just like i was here for just no more reason
0: i felt special but now i don't know more Oh, no. Well, I, I wanted to mention that because that was like, that was the part of the interview that, like, that that was when I had the red flag in my mind because that's how she framed it. She was like, So you have a lot of black people on your podcast. And that irked me because, like, I don't think about that. Like, when I'm scheduling people, I'm not like, Oh, I yeah. need to have a black person on. Like, that that, that doesn't even, like, it, Aubrey, you're here because you're my friend and I respect you. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you being black doesn't, it don't got nothing that to doesn't do not function it. in my mind at all. So, yeah. like, when people frame things that way, it just immediately irks me because I'm just like, like no, I'm not playing a card. I'm not like trying to <laughs> do anything. I'm having people on uh, who I find interesting. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and, and, and again, like
1: I think it, it all, it's all, it's all perspective and proximity. Like I, from for me, I know that because like I've known you for the last like what three, three, four years, three, yeah, four years. Time. You know, a person who doesn't and only has context of like a podcast. Of your, of, yeah, of course, they're gonna sure, have like that whole sure. like, you know, and and that's the thing, you know. I, I don't know, like it's, like I said, I, I'm very kind of like careful my ism of it, sure, to not like make people feel like they're just in like that they're just soft and all that. I think there's almost like, you know, I, even though I have the perspective that I do, it's it came from just like growth that I've had to do in my own personal narrative where I'm like, you know, with all the shit that I have going on as a human being who just happens to be black, like, sure, I got to ch- pick and choose what. I'm gonna let like affect my my space of being and like with all those things considered there's something things I can't help but to just i I, I can never change so for me it's yeah. just like if a word and it's effect on me is something that I can change and, and be less of a thing with like all the things I got to worry about being like less than 1% of a black person who, who works at a private school, um, being someone yeah. who, a, a black person who lives in, in, in a the predominantly white part of the Midwest, which has all these weird stereotypical things. Like I got to pick and choose for myself of like what I'm going to let affect. My day, you know, and some people don't have that awareness. Just let everything affect their day, you know. And it's just like it's—it doesn't mean that they're not conscious enough or not this, but it's just like it is what it is, you know. So I kind of hold balance of like understanding why people, rightfully understanding why people kind of like still get bothered by that, while realizing that like that's just not my narrative anymore, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, and look, I mean, like you know, when I make that kind of humor, I'm not like. I know it's gonna offend people like, yeah I, I understand that like it's it, it's not like i'm being i mean maybe i'm being ignorant but like i'm not i'm not being ignorant in the sense that like i don't think that what i'm doing is offensive yeah like i understand it's offensive i understand it's edgy and i'm poking fun at things but um i think when people take that and then say i'm racist it like it i guess it just kind of hurts especially what it hurts when there are people who I respect. Yeah. I mean, if, if there's like some jackass, is just like, uh oh, fuck you for, I'm like, okay, whatever. But like, if there's somebody I have like a genuine respect for and like, they don't understand that. And like, you know, and they are people that I know people that I've had in the podcast. Like yeah. when they like direct that same kind of, um, you know, that same kind of thing. It hurts now. I mean, I'm not going to say that like my hurt equates to like the hurt of black people. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going like, yeah. to like do that. Like, so, you know, whatever if i hurt whatever i'm not like trying to make a stance about that but like it just it it's something like that that's something i've been kind of struggling with the last few months so yeah it's kind of been it's weird it's kind of just a
1: differentiation of like understanding there's i feel like there's this fine line between like being pc just because like the societal space wants you to be that yes but also there's a difference between like just being conscious of like the narratives that people go through. I feel like there's a difference, you know, there's a difference between somebody who like and w- we can tell just by feel, you know, we can mm-hmm. tell when somebody's like holding you accountable just because it's like an egotistical thing because they belong to this like uh, this, this culture that is said woke that is said progressive and all that we can tell when it's just like for for those reasons just because like they're part of this club because it feels no different than religion like what like it's no different than like a christian who may hold you accountable for this is any other not because it's right or like because like it's with humans in mind but because their whole religious club wants them to say that so they felt they like gotta say that because their club yeah and like for me like that's that shit just feels like fake and it's just like at the end of the day that that that's fake but i feel like there, there's there's a difference between like really kind of just understanding like uh the the narrative of like hurt and like trauma i guess that like other people go it, it's it's almost like if i if i have like students right and i said it's just because of with my program that i run my my nonprofit like i have a lot of students who like are part of that lgbtq like ia plus like community and all that and it's like uh, with that understood, I know kind of like, I, sh- I should say, I mean, I guess just say more so that I assume the kind of like traumatic or hurt narratives that they go through. So, like, with, with that's considered like, there's certain, like, I won't be like, hey, can I like, do, do you mind if I call you the F word? You know? <laughs> Knowing that you've been through this traumatic experience, and that, that you're probably parented up somebody calling you that, and 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 all the things, so I can can I call you that still, real quick? Can I call you that real quick? Uh, you know, you know what I'm saying though. It's just like almost,
0: f- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, and then yo my f yo buddy, right? <laughs> you know, that's kind of a weird. You know, kind of on that same topic, the uh topic, the word queer. Yeah, but that's something that like has just like i remember i was in a college class like a year ago and this lady was just like talking about lgbtq stuff and she just was like using the word queer freely and yeah. like i remember when and you probably know like experiences too like when we were growing up like that was like the n word for oh queer, yeah for gay oh, yeah. people you know yeah and she's just <laughs> she's just like, like i'm sitting there like what? just saying it just just just
1: like just like it's a, just a regular word
0: that is crazy this to think about yeah like what the fuck
1: that, that word will like get you whooped as a kid or something yeah but, like now it's yeah. just like such a it's a it's an identity it's, to, yeah. yeah no and, and it's crazy you know it, it's i wonder and I, and, I, and i'm saying this as i'm thinking about it too now because like knowing that it was like an offensive, like super offensive word and still
0: like I guess in context it just depends on who's saying it how they're saying sure, it sure. you know it's- but that's the key word context I think that's the thing that nobody thinks about in this conversation is the context mm-hmm. even look at Joe Rogan right even Joe Rogan using that word say it's you You can say that's right or wrong but like i don't think that was racist i well and I, and you know here's the thing we don't know because how they cut that clip was so shitty they just like it was just every time he said the n-word and they just bleep the whole thing out so mm-hmm. he had like no context he just had this video of bleeps and joe rogan just <laughs> I, really know? i didn't i never saw that before like oh, you didn't no nah. yeah he said it like i don't know 35 times or some shit that's over mm-hmm. like you know fucking uh, 1700 episodes so it's not mm-hmm. like he's like throwing it around nilly willy and like I, I. but I think from what I understand like every time he used that word it was like in context he was like referring to the word mm-hmm. you know what I mean I think it's almost to the point where like if you just refer to the word like that's whether that's right or not, whether that's right or wrong, that's construed as racist. I just don't think those two. Yeah, morally. yeah, it's, it's like a
1: tricky space for sure. Because like, it's, it, yeah. like, word context does have a, a a place at a table. It's almost like, you know, it's it's almost like my whole my whole uh thing earlier. You know, like with with this teacher, uh, who said the N word. Like he wasn't saying it to me, but he was saying it talking about another student. So it's almost like. It's almost like that self-question uh, of like, all right, do I get offended like, still because he like he's not saying him. it? Or do I get a, It's But it's almost like, you know, so like for me, I think it's like with that considered, it, it all kind of goes back to the space of like, I don't know. It's, it, and, and again, it, it, it's such a delicate balance, you it's know, to hold delicate, of just like, yeah. it's it's, the, it's really kind of like understanding or asking yourself the question of like, like will this... Uh, offend the person like will this affect the person next to me and all that and like if 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 your quote if your answer to that's like i don't give a shit i'm still gonna say it then it's just like okay cool say it but like you, you can't take away the fact that like someone's still rightfully going to take that in some type of way shape or form even though the context was like not at them it's just this really i don't know it's this really weird place you know of just like figuring out but i i, I don't know i don't know
0: you know, I listened to it. um Molly, do you mind looking this up when you get um Lex type in Lex Freeman N word podcast. I wanna know who this guy's name is. Um but he's this mm-hmm. black author and he went through this whole free uh just type in the N-word podcast. Um he did this whole inter- like three and a half hour interview with this guy who wrote and I'm not gonna say it, but like he said like it, the book title was called like the N-word, but like the with the R like actual word. Uh. Um Yes, Randall Kennedy. There, Kennedy, just look that name up, Randall Kennedy. Um, but he he did this whole thing where he dissected like the use of the N word and like you know he even said like you know he doesn't think there's anything wrong like as long as everybody in your party or like you know people around are okay with it like he doesn't think there's anything inherently wrong with like a white person using the N word in context you know mm. and he he uh, you know he went through like you know just all these different ways to like. You know, refer to black people derogatorily, and I don't know. It's a. I highly recommend it. Lex Freeman, um, Randall Kennedy. He wrote, yeah. Um, what, what? Can you click the mm. title of the first book? I'm not going to say the title. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not about to get clipped, but it's the N word, the strange career of a troublesome word. Um, but yeah, I, so I guess my point is like there. Um, there's a lot of nuance to this. I think yeah, and I think it's. Um, I think people should explore that yeah uh, that's my yeah. recommendation. That, one of right? one of my friends that i work with
1: work really closely with he he says it like this like if you can if you as a white person can say the n-word on 11th street rock island where it's like predominantly black and people are okay with it then you cool but if they if you ain't and you you get beat up over it then it's just like
0: <laughs> then you, now you know but but you know <laughs> that should be the answer to all the PC shit just be yeah. like you want to know just go to the streets like, oh yeah it's just like you, you want to know if you can say this word. well like let, go, go, go try to, it out go,
1: go to Inglot, <laughs> Chicago real quick and say it and let's see
0: there we go Chicago if, <laughs> go to Chicago
1: and if you can say it and, and, and the homie says cool what you saying it then you good but if you're not um, you know but again like it's just one of those things where it's just yeah there, there's a lot of like I feel like we can do a whole podcast episode of this cause like yeah, that's right. one thing that I've learned education right. wise too cause I had like it's crazy, just just the, the the context, the the nuance of it. Where like when I was at risk teacher, there was a student who uh, who was a white student who, uh, who, who 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 like I've had students say the n word to me a bunch. Like in the last seven years like working at risk, you know, I think that's why I left it. Even though it doesn't yeah. mean that like at these other schools, ain't no way go call me the n word. <laughs> it's just a lot more prevalent in these settings. But there was this white kid who uh who uh who would say the n word at her school and like i used to get like i used to get offended by it and really bothered but then like realizing that the student like he's from low income like a low income neighborhood you know like a lot of his like friends that he ran the streets with did like a a lot of like gang activity with were black Mm. and like he grew up with these kids from like kindergarten to like their ages now and like when you have friends like that who he grew up with and like just doing like even when it's doing like shit that you shouldn't be doing like There's a sense of like, there's this weird, like, sense of like, um, camaraderie there, you know, where like these, where these black, his black friends, again, these 16 year olds, you know, they would let him say the N word, you Mm. know, and because in that context, they let him say the N word. And again, like, if they let him say it, for me, like, again, it'd be one of those things of just like, uh, one of those like, um, pushbacks that people have against, but it's just like, for me, if, if those black folks are cool with it, what can I say about it? What can I say about that? If if they chose to make it cool, cool, I can't say anything about it. But in context, when I'm in front of the students, just like just because these dudes let you say it around them, you can't say it in front of me, homie. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, they're and not
0: understanding that context. Yeah, like, of the entire of that, the history of that word between yeah. white people, black Cause people. Because
1: I, yeah. I can tell you right now, I I, I bet there's. A bunch of people out there who 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 have a bunch of black folks out there. I shouldn't say a bunch, but like there's there's black folks out there who have white friends who they let say the n word. Chris Rock's I, one I, of I, them. I Chris have... Rock talked about it, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and for me, I'm like, it's for me, I mean, that I, I have... this is like, what do you do about that? If, if 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 that's a decision you made, like, cool, that's your decision. If you're, if you're yeah. cool with it, cool. But it's just like it, that's that's a. a, a almost a, a, a very microcosmic cultural thing that's, that's only going exactly. to one space as opposed to, to here, here, or there because yeah. of, like, what the word's been for other people, you know? So exactly. there's a lot of, man, there's a lot of nuance to it for sure. Well,
0: I, look, I mean, I have friends like that. I've had friends like that in the past. Like, but... Um, I don't go around using I I still wouldn't be like start throwing it around because like I understand that for myself that yeah I understand that context where um, there's just something like if I like if I were to say the word to you right now like even if it was in context there's something to in me that would just feel like really icky Mm -hmm. about saying that and like I don't think that that's like misguided but you know at the same time the reason why I use these like like make these humorous things is like um You know, I said it in the podcast, like, I think it helps bridge the gap when we're able to, like, both kind of poke fun at, like, things that are just ridiculous about Mm -hmm. the subject and be like, okay, like, you know, we're, at the end of the day, we're people, we're humans, you know?
1: Yeah, you know, and again, it's, 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 it's like, it's just understanding the people you're around, you know, I I think, again, it just all comes down to, like, um, the consciousness you have uh, of that one has of, like, people and their response to things like I, we, we could all day call it like oh well if you're offended about this work you're a snowflake and all this this is any other we can do that but at the same time like what you're doing is you're, you're dismissing a real experience <laughs> yes. that someone has yes. like though some you're of us you're feeling have, the fire exactly like if, feeling if, the fire. Some, some of us have a, a, a nuanced perspective of it cool at the end of the day like for me, like it's again, it's just the, the, being that positive nihilist. I'm not gonna change everybody's mind about this word and how it's used. Like that's just yeah. that's just to me that's that's ignorant to, to even consider. you know what I can do in my space is, is like have those boundaries where I should. like if someone if someone like is in my space and like says it to my face, you know I, I got to be able to like be like, you know what I'm, I'm not cool with that. We, 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 we're making a boundary here. Those boundaries as hands, like if you're saying it <laughs> defensively, you know. <laughs> but it's just like, I don't know, it, it just all kind of goes to the root of it. Just really kind of like being aware of like people's like responses to shit and realizing that like that's a real thing, whether or not being out of being out a real thing to you, sure. Yeah, you know, it's just it, that's what it is at the end
0: of the day, you know. I agree, I agree. But L- last question How much would you charge for an N word pass? No, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm kidding. How much would I charge for <laughs> your life and reparations? Uh, that's probably the best answer. <laughs> your life and reparations. And when I get those reparations, if you're okay being being like my my like kind of like what um who was that? I'm thinking about Fresh Prince. Who was the waiter and fresh the uh, the guy who was. Well,
0: I, I only I don't, I didn't see that show enough to know the characters. I forget
1: it. And, uh, I, know who going, you're talking about. Somebody's gonna ding me for it. Like, you should know that.
0: <laughs> I know what you're but talking about. But it's just like
1: know. if you're okay with being that to uh, to me when I get these reparations, like yeah, go ahead and say it. just just know you are gonna be a <laughs> <laughs> you gonna be a slave in my household the rest of your life, <laughs> and we're gonna make up. We're gonna have enough money. We're gonna make up words to call you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, that's good shit. Yeah. So, so, um, so let's talk about why. What, why? Um, one thing I really do want to talk to you about today, um, <coughs> um, your album. Yeah, well, you have had, we've had. I mean, you've had a couple projects come out since, um, you've been through. Uh, yeah, uh, I've had two, and then I had a,
1: a recent little single and all that that's right yeah you
0: did have a single yeah um the first album um i wish i kept my eyes closed right yeah uh, or sometimes i wish I kept my eyes closed yeah yeah okay um and then you had uh the combo dirt lord which i think is i i want to get both of you in sometime because oh yeah uh, no he's been sure. on like eight times he's great yeah we gotta do that for sure hell yeah Hell yeah. but um both great projects and you actually had posts i think uh described it really well like um the sometimes wish kept my eyes closed is like the dark and the from the dirt is like the light oh uh, like, yeah you know, I, thought, I like i, I kind of like that because and you sent me you sent me both those projects yeah before they actually came out so like yeah yeah they kind of bounce off each other but um but i want to say um i mean both albums are great but uh, sometimes i wish kept my eyes close is, um, especially it's fucking i think it's your best oh yeah i think it's your best work for sure um uh fight for my life like that makes me cry like half the time. I'm not yeah. even shitting you. Like I, I, I've had moments where I'm like about to go into work. I'm listening to that song. I'm like tearing up because like it's such an emotional, yeah, raw track. I mean, um, there's just I don't know. Like what? Maybe I think maybe we've talked about this a little bit in the podcast, but not really in depth. Yeah. Like, um, obviously, you know, your brother, maybe not obviously, but your brother committed suicide around that time. That kind of inspired you to. Make that yeah. album like what? What was it like? Kind of creating that, and like, what were some of the emotions that went to that album? Like, just get into shit. It. Yeah, no, that's that's still
1: it's crazy because like I was thinking <laughs> about that project like two days ago, and like for me, like I, I wanted to kind of return back to it and listen to it too because like I think all my projects, like whenever I create projects, like I have a, I have kind of like a, a, a idea, kind of going into like projects that I kind of like that I kind of form when I'm making songs and all that, but they all kind of come, I don't, I don't just randomly think about it, but it's just like, it's it, it, the projects that are, that I, that I put out are kind of like reflections, of like where I'm at in life and shit like that. And I think mm-hmm. that's why, like, I wish I kept get my eyes closed. This being, being, being kind of like where I was like really kind of processing grief in this more heavier place where like, uh, from the dirt is kind of like coming from the dirt of that. That's why they sound so different because they kind of reflect like where I was yeah. at, but, yeah. um, that project, like, Mind you, that that project, like I literally like recorded it, had it mixed and mastered, and all finished all in a span of like two weeks. Like all the songs were kind of written and like wow. I think I, I wrote all the songs in like a week because I think like when you when you go, it's it's just crazy how like holy shit. Yeah, it was one of the quickest projects I ever like that worked on. Insane, dude. But I think again, I think it was like one of those like physiological responses to like. Yeah. suffering in a sense of like you know where, where some people like when they're going through grief they they turn to to alcohol some yeah. people turn to just like completely isolating themselves and like distracting themselves from it some people just kind of just live in that world for so long that it's hard to break from it but for me my my physiological response was like man like you got to create something more so for yourself if anything uh, cause I feel like that project was more so just kind of like for myself to kind of like go back to, uh, to kind of like realize two things of just like realizing that like crazy, chaotic, it's almost like the, the, it's almost like, in this is where we die, you know, it mm-hmm. almost reflects that like, you know, where, where, and this is where we die was kind of like a, a suffering response to things that were happening at a distance, sort of like not really affecting me personally mm-hmm. where I think I kept my eyes closed was more so like shit happening right in front of me you know right close to me at like at my feet and all that so like i think my my response was just kind of like my 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 response to that grief and it was just kind of just like you got to write and get all that shit out of your head so it's crazy because like it's almost like i don't remember kind of i almost don't remember recording (laughs) the songs (laughs) of this place because like it was literally like i was in such like this weird space where like i was kind of i guess sort of kind of like numb i guess to where like wake like i literally would just wake up go to my homie seven seven's house i would record then i would go home write go to his house like i was pretty much just in this whole space of like i wasn't really around people and i was just kind of just writing 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 and like processing the shit so i think that's i think that and and i think that 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 goes to kind of really uh give credit to like how the project like feels to the listener, you know, like where you feel kind of like heavy emotions and almost like this, like this like story, because like, I was really heavily in the thick of like this emotion and like, this is the way I, I pushed it out, you know, songs like, uh, fighting for my life. Um, when, when, when my homie, West West music who made the beat, uh, when he made it at first, uh, the day we we're supposed to write the song, I mean, the, the day I was supposed to like record that song, I was like, Yeah, I don't think I got the energy for this one right now because, like, I feel like the energy just uh, is just like different for this one. I don't record that till like a month later after the beat had already been made and stuff like that. I just had to like sit with it, but I think I said to say that, like, that was the kind of like intentionality I put behind the project where, like, I recorded songs fast, but I also was very kind of mindful of like, okay, like, I got to really make sure I'm making this, like, that I'm putting my whole self into whatever record this is, whether it be like Mira Mira, whether it be like three eyes open, whether it be like the ILY yeah. song and all that. So um, it was, it was crazy. It was definitely, it was an interesting project in the sense of two, uh, literally the last day they recorded our last song for the project. My homie who was like a Bria, uh, my homie who mixed and mastered the whole project. They had like literally the last day, uh, him and his uh, family had to move to a whole different city like oh, first to wow. Chicago just cause, like, a lot of circumstances that happened so like we literally got it in right before all this stuff happened and like the student recorded it recorded it that was not a thing anymore and it was almost like this kind of symbolic thing of like okay cool like I think that was me just like the universe saying like okay you got all your shit out here and like now this place doesn't exist anymore so wow. it's almost like it's weird to kind of go back and think that like Holy the project shit. that I made the project because like I was just in this really weird Space that I've never been in with a project where like everything kind of just came like so quick, but also like there was there was there's a timeliness and intentionality that was put into it too. So it's definitely one of my favorite projects. Cause I feel like it was one of my realest um, projects first and foremost, but also the creativity that was put into it too. But suffering does that to creatives, man. We yeah. say it all the time, you know. Like we we get the the best shit out there when we're like going through crazy
0: stuff, you yeah. know. That is incredible! Holy shit! Wow! It, written yeah. in a week, recorded in a week, and like it—that's that's just stunning to me because it—the it, project itself like sounds very good, like the production level is very good, like um, yeah, your your rapping is like on point, and and the, you know, let's just take that aspect in itself. Like, how long ago was this after your brother
1: passed? Literally like weeks, maybe like it was like a like a week or two after. Wow! Yeah, because so- I. I just needed the outlet to, to get shit out. Yeah. Of. That's just art, you know?
0: Yeah, I, mean, I can't even imagine, like, have, like being able to compose yourself enough to, like, put out, like, actually, like, spit those bars and to, like, to spit, like, you know, like, the what? What? Like, you know? Yeah. The, the, there's oddly some songs in that there. Like, Three Eyes Open, like, um that song is, like, actually really high energy. Like, you're talking about some really raw shit, but, like, it's like a... It's it's like you would think it's like a song in the club like going but it's it's mm-hmm. kind of, it, you know that's kind of similar like what Kendrick Lamar does too like uh, yeah you know like how Swimming Pools is like a song about alcoholism but like it's painted it's like this you know yeah you know, yeah kind of yeah
1: where it's kind of like this like fun song but then like at the root of it, it's talking about something like deep yeah it's, <laughs> I mean that's the aesthetic that I just kind of create under I, I, I'm just mm-hmm. like grown to just like accept that we're like. If you get a hype song from me, I'm still going to talk about some like dramatic yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like <laughs> stuff that's going to have you like wrestling with it. That's just <laughs> that's just who I am. I can't just make a a fun song just to make it. I think realer rap is the closest I'll ever get to that. You know, the single I put out. But yeah, man, I think like and and then you, I, I think just like with, with with that said too, I think like having those songs that like with with the, with the project like i'm I'm always very intentional about my projects and all that you know where i'm not I'm not looking for perfection because I feel like that gets creative stuck and that's why a lot of creators don't put out shit because they have this like really kind of like crippling perspective on like perfection I want everything to be perfect and for me, like you're not gonna make everything perfect. I think sometimes your perfection is putting the shit out and doing your best on it so like I just try to do my best with shit but like I was very intentional with how like I put the songs to like order wise where like, at the beginning, obviously, I talked about kind of the pro premise of the project with like Happy being the first track, but then it kind of leaks over to like Mirror Mirror on the Wall, mm-hmm. which is like this, like, also kind of this, this weird kind of banger and all that. And then Three Eyes Open also being this other weird type banger. And then, like, going into 40 Days and beyond, I think that's where it starts to get into like, okay, like this is the shit I really want to talk about with like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, there's almost something there's about a like There's a curve to it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I think like, the thing about it is like for me, like just go, and this is just my own like Reef journey and all that, but when you like sit in the midst of like hard shit like loss and Reef, it- points at like other spaces in your life where you could be experiencing that you know and like the other tracks that weren't really about like the death of my brother I feel like it was still talking about some type of like loss like three eyes open talking about the loss of like ignorance you know I can't be ignorant to the fact that like there's a that that school sisters are racist shout out to Iowa who who bans books <laughs> and critical race theory but uh you know <laughs> it's just like uh, I gotta K-R, keep my eyes open yeah. to this shit you know so it talks about suffering in some type away but I feel like putting the the projects the the songs in order like I did. It kind of like slowly, kind of like introduced people into like this like thing of like grief when it comes to like tangible things, but also grief when it comes to just like the loss of a person or what that kind of felt like to me and in, in, in the present moment, you know. And like honestly, you're 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 you you you're the main reason why I put it on Spotify and all that because I told you like that I wasn't gonna do it. So y'all need to thank McAllister saying he racist is the reason. <laughs> That the project was on Spotify and iTunes.
0: Thank you, brother. But uh, because I wasn't gonna put
1: it out at all, you know, I I wasn't gonna put on anything major. And you're like saying, like, yeah, I get it, but you know, but (laughs) we should still put it on like Spotify and shit. I know I got my folder on Google Drive, but I kind of want to hear this and then just be able to press a button and not a damn folder and file and shit. Exactly. But I think just like I think I just kind of grew to realize it's like more and more that like the project like with what it talked about, like, and it, it's it's not no egocentrical type shit, but it's just realizing the creative that I am, like just realizing like who I am as a creative and kind of like what I kind of believe my role is as a creative, which is to provoke thought and make people think about shit that hopefully has some sense of like, for like a better term, transformation at the end of it. Like for me, like realizing that like, realizing that uh, that project said a lot you know, a lot mm-hmm. that I was going through and like processing these hard ideas, you know, my favorite track is broken worlds. Cause like, again, it was like that, like place where I was like in this like struggle of like trying to understand suffering, but realizing that like through the inspiration of James Baldwin, like suffering, you know, it yeah, you can use to be isolated or he used to open yourself up. You know, I was like, okay, maybe I should just actually have this project out for more people you know and like to this day i'm, I'm, I'm happy about it because like I, I think that put people who are really listening and put people in a whole different uh frame of mind of who i am as a creative you know and I, and I say that from the sense of like i have homies who like after hearing that project i have homies who reach out to me when they're going through their shit and all that mentally which i'm like i'm honored but you should go to someone like molly who's uh, who's got a degree <laughs> in this because i <laughs> <laughs> I just work with that risk youth man like I can't really do nothing with it but I think there there goes some, there goes some, there's something to be said about how like people only gravitate towards you like that when they know that like you've been through something and they kind of like see your journey as like something they can learn from you know so I think putting out that project and having people kind of like really resonate with it and reach out to tell me how much they resonate with it it's just like yeah let's start putting out stuff like that not get worried about the whole capitalism of music because that's the whole reason why i really didn't put it out at first because i'm like this mm. project's too good for y'all to be paying me less than a cent on spotify you know it's, it's, it was that bougie like capitalistic creative attitude you know which yeah. which is necessary but sometimes you just gotta
0: be like you know i just gotta put the shit out sometimes you, know? you got fooled yeah. you just gotta put the shit out and not worry about all the other shit yeah man well uh, you know and you said best but like i that was one of the things i was so great about the album it's like you you really did touch upon like different aspects and the fact that you were, you know I mean I can imagine somebody if they were writing an album in the span of two weeks and their brother just killed themselves it would be all about their brother and I mean it is at the core about your brother but like that you're also bringing in all these um, different elements which like I mean it just speaks to your mm-hmm. um, your nuance and your open mindedness so yeah. just a really great piece of art yeah and uh, i think i it's recommend just, listening to it we'll put the link in the below
1: yes yeah, definitely below. definitely peep that joint it's one of my favorites but uh with that said too it, it was almost kind of like the things that weren't about my brother necessarily were kind of like i think i was also kind of meditating on the on the why i think just being the person that i am like regardless of when i'm going through struggle or not because i'm just such a like a a conscious i get for like a better term way better term um because i'm such a person who's like really critical thinking and always like asking the why like even when I'm going through like suffering super hard I'm always going to ask the reason like why did this happen or have a curiosity there so like with my brother passing I think a lot of the questions were like really realizing the why he passed And I think just again like him being someone who identified as gay and was a part of the LGBTQ community being black in the Midwest you know Mm. and moving back to like the Midwest after having a whole bunch of after leaving it for for six seven years and having to return back because of political things going on and stuff like that, like, a lot of the stuff that I I mentioned in the program were kind of, like, on the project were kind of, like, reasons why his his mentality was to kind of take himself out this way, the shit that Mm -hmm. he was going through, the shit that he was made aware to and couldn't be ignorant to, and, like, when you're made aware of shit, like, there's almost, like, it's almost like a, a two-way path where like you can when, once you're aware of like shit that's like fucked up and like chaotic you can go down the path where it makes you more chaotic and like you're like you see it almost in like some of your some of your everyday activists who like are just super angry all the time <laughs> every day and don't give themselves a sense of peace and like they're Mm -hmm. literally affecting their mental health out of that you know and it's not take away from the fact that they're fighting a good fight that's cool but like there's it's something to be said about how like there's almost no more attention is being paid to like your in world in your inner world and like Mm. how you're fucking it up Mm. by being so anxious being so stressed being so whatever because that's just fucking up your your life expectancy you know so like you can go down that path where like you're just super living in the thick of like oh I live in a chaotic world yeah. and like, you know, and, and live in that, or you can look at it and, and have a sense of acceptance. And mind you, when people said, when people hear the word acceptance, that means they, they usually kind of take that a run with it. And say that, like that's are saying that you say, that's pretty much you saying that like, you're okay with like chaotic shit happening in the world, which is that uh, uh, exact opposite. I think like you care all the more, but you're, you, you realize that you gotta be intentional with that care you have for the world by realizing that there's some there's some shit that you can never change like the death of my brother i can't bring him back all i can do is learn from that experience accept it and be like what is this saying about myself and the world that i occupy and what can i like put out there because of that you know so like you know it's just it's just uh there's different paths and how you can kind of like process that hurt and for me being someone who's just a thinker i just processed it in the sense of like asking okay what does this say about like the world and like how it pushes us to, pushes us to these like boundaries, you know. I think that's why the project feels so like fluid in the sense of like I don't say in this chaotic place, but you kind of have a sense of like. I mean, I O Y the the I love you song and all that. Like the first couple bars, I'm like I'm saying all these things of like I accept cause that's all I can do other than the day I can't, I can sit here and be all mad about this is any other, but at the end of the day I got to accept that shit happened. It doesn't make it hurt any less, but it it, it gives you a, a better, it gives me personally a better framework to work from to yeah. kind of grow really like as a person, you know? So
0: yeah, man, well, uh, you know, I really, I really like the fact that you're willing to, um, talk about these, you know, tough things like, uh, that's a, <laughs> not to get into me but um i guess yeah, the reason i bring this up is like you kind of commented on um i recently did an episode kind of talking a little bit about like my pornography addiction yeah and stuff like that um and y- you know you said you listened to that and that kind i was kind of warm my heart was like hey yeah. I-, I felt like i was just you know ranting to the void um but yeah man i think uh i think talking about like difficult things talking about things that people don't really want to hear but i think that's important because yeah. um i mean i like you know for me struggling with addiction like when i hear somebody like um talk about their experiences and like like from and like from like a like specifically a non-religious point yeah Yeah, exactly that's that's the part that i like really struggle with that aspect is like there's a lot of people who will just like um they'll view it as like oh you're being sinful and like that's the entire you know crux of their argument yeah yeah this is actually like really harmful in a lot of ways like you guys are really ignoring a lot of like um, yeah. real like you know psychological issues that come from this yeah um, I think that's why
1: I think that's why I all the more kind of like appreciated just like you having that podcast episode and also like you mentioned that in, in, uh, in your project too like mm, uh, the uh, lust yeah yep you 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 talked about like that uh that pornography addiction and like and all that and like what i appreciate is that you talked about it and being somebody who's not you don't have a religious angle like you don't have like nothing affiliated to it i think that's a healthy perspective just because like for me being someone who was a part of organized religion for like six seven years yeah you know like when you hear about it it's just that the whole like it's just that like oh you just need to repent um and talk to jesus about about your 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 pornography addiction and, and 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 then you're done it's just like for me like I feel like that's, uh, and I say like I I think just like on on a bigger level, I I don't think it does does anything for anyone if I'm honest, just because like the people who would tell me this when I was in church, they were the ones who were also cheating on their wives (laughs) and like getting caught with porn addictions and like having this whole dramatic cry speech, mean like I'm giving my life to Jesus again and not doing it, and then two months later doing (laughs) it again. So it's just like, well, I mean, I don't think your Jesus is working, man. Like (laughs) I think it's okay to say that (laughs) therapy. Yeah. It's like you might need something more than, than than white Jesus from uh from Norway. You know, but the fact that you talked about it <laughs> Asian Jesus. I only say that because like bro, like like real talk, just like when I was like 21, 22, uh in my in my early twenties, I struggled hard with like pornography addiction and oh, all that. Okay. You know, and um, and this is again when I was really involved in like religious spaces and all that. You mm-hmm. know.
0: Yep, yep. I remember
1: when I opened up to uh, this one dude who uh, was like this youth pastor because he was always, he'd always open up about his pornography addiction. You know, I was like, maybe I should talk to this dude about it. You need another beer? Huh? You need another beer? Um, yeah, let's pop it out just in case. Shout out to Confluence uh, Brewery. I don't know where you are, but this hazelnut coffee is amazing. They're in Des Moines. Oh, for real? Yeah. They're oh, great. shoot. Well, even better. Uh, Confluence Brewery. Uh, if y'all want to make me a brand ambassador.
0: No, I'm just kidding. I don't drink anymore, but I do miss their Des Moines IPA. It's oh, yeah. I, yeah, I'm not very
1: fond of IPAs and stuff. All right. But, um, yeah, so I, 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 I told this like youth pastor, I was like, hey, man, like, I've been struggling with this, so I kind of see you being someone who overcame the journey. Uh, no pun intended, dude. <laughs> Ah. My, man, my man I I saw I seized the moment I saw it and I seized it I seized the moment But um But um this pastor he's like yeah man just uh Meet me here at this coffee shop on Monday And all this and I'm like okay cool Meet like,
0: me in the back alley <laughs> I'll take care of all your problems it, It's crazy because this
1: guy is not a youth pastor Anymore because of like stuff he oh, went through sh- Infidelity wise so like I wouldn't
0: Anyway, you know, sorry. You're talking to your. You're talking to your pastor.
1: Yeah, so like I met with him like on a Monday, and like it was just for lunch and all this, and like the meeting was literally like five minutes long. He just sits down. And he's like, "Okay, let's just get the crux of it. Um, you have a porn addiction. You should just pray more." Bye. And then he leaves. I'm like, "What the fuck? Like, what kind of, you know?" But again, like it, and again, like it coming from this person who like engaged in just like like more of his porn addiction behind closed doors, and like ended up being like disloyal to his wife and all that it's just like I don't think this whole prank th- I think there needs to be more to that and I feel like the context you bring someone who does have a religious angle it's all the more kind of like appreciated all the more because like there's no angle to this where this guy his angle was like oh, I'm trying to bring this guy to Jesus more i.e. I'm trying to bring him to my church and deeper yeah. into this religion and all that you it's know it's so
0: destructive man It really and is. It, it,
1: dodges, it dodges like really important things because for me I, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people who like I believe that like I mean yep yeah, Porn addiction is definitely like unhealthy again, and I think you said in your podcast. There's some people who can watch porn and not be addicted to it. And it's just like cool if you can do that, cool. But Personally, I know my, I my narrative is just many. like because I was no. because I was so addicted to it at one point, I can't do that and not go back to these like same spaces, mind wise. If you can, cool. But I I, I I would dare to say that like that's that's very special.
0: I think yeah, you know? I think that group of people is very very small. I yeah, think, I think a majority of people who are like in a relationship and using pornography, like I think it's not good. Like that's not beneficial thing.
1: Yeah, <sighs> it definitely affects it, you know? So there's something to be said, like to be able to hear from like a non-religious angle is like, is dope. So, and, and people, people, people appreciate those conversations, p- uh, p- uh, appreciate those things, man. Like, and, in, in both art. Cause again, like you shared it on your podcast and through art, man. Like, I feel like, people appreciate it all the more when like people put out real stuff like that and i only say that just because like for myself as a creative one thing that i'm always hearing from people when it comes to like their um compliment on my art it doesn't really have anything to do with like the creativity of it or the production of it or like the writing of it but it's more so that like i said some real shit something Mm -hmm. that's authentic you know honesty Mm -hmm. yeah and I think people look for that all the more when it comes to art, you know, and I think people are starting to realize that all the more, you know, as creatives, I think that's why you have people all the more able to come out and talk about like real vulnerable stuff. Cause like people are going to connect with that way more than like how dope something sounds. You know, there's always yeah. space for like something that's not super serious and all that as an art form, it just talks about like good light hunted like lighthearted, fun things sure. that are this life. Sure. You know, but also I think there's also something to be said about like how like, communities have literally been built off of creatives talking about hard shit you know the enlightenment era you know when you think about hip hop when you think about the Harlem Renaissance there's always these creatives who talked about hard societal things who like literally were helpers in, in building communities and like really building like more socially aware people you know so creating art like that that's vulnerable and really putting my shit out there I feel like it's always going to be an aspect of like my creativity you know
0: yeah, man. Well, you know, I fucking love and appreciate about that about you, man. Yeah, appreciate um, it, man. Yeah, I, 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 I can't say it more. Like, they're, like, you know, and even when it comes to, like, you know, like, any taboo subject I think should be talked about. I, I don't, like, in my mind, I can't think of any subject where... People can't, you know, have like a debate or a conversation or like on a big public forum. Like, I don't, I don't see any subject that can't that there can't be a conversation about. Yeah, and that and and frankly, that um doesn't need there to be a conversation about. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things about society that really irks me is like um the subject of pedophilia, which I think we've probably talked about this on the podcast before. Yeah, but like how taboo that subject is and how like you can't even like utter the word pedophile without mm-hmm. people like cringing. And it's like like, yes, I understand it's uncomfortable. It's a very uncomfortable subject. But the more you ignore that, and this kind of goes back to the trigger stuff. Like the more you ignore that, yeah. Like the more that that's going to happen, the more kids are going to fall into that. And, yeah. Um. Like th- the best way to combat that is awareness mm-hmm. and talking about yeah, educating people, understanding like why these things happen. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: Yeah. No. No. I I absolutely agree with you. You know that. I mean, that's why even with like with what I do now as an educator, like. I never like shy away from like talking about hard things because I think like I've just kind of like learned like the art for myself personally of just how to like bring up hard things in in a way where like we can have a conversation about it because I think like it's it's necessary to have that as a skill I think like as Americans and all that I think we just not never really learned how to like have hard conversations about things and yeah. just like being able to like have conversations without putting it under the realm of like debate yeah. Yeah. you know and that's that's one thing that I'm always I always get a headache about like whenever i think at this point like i only i don't really talk about like like said taboo things unless i'm with like people who 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 get it yeah. you know who i can have a conversation with because like i feel that just now. just the world in general i think like again we don't know how to deal with hard stuff we don't know how to deal with vulnerability um as, as a collective so like with that said like we just try to avoid it because like we don't know how to have a conversation without getting like offended. Or like calling it a like, or getting into like an argument about it. Like, I remember when I used to talk to people about stuff that was like hard, like hard conversations and all that. And we talk about it and other and the conversations I would hear like, oh, that was a great debate. And it's like we well, weren't debating. Like, we need to unlearn that shit. Like, we can have a conversation and not it being a debate. You know, like, and I think I think that's why I with like what I do as an educator for for both my nonprofit and what I do as a as a main educator. Like, I'm always like leaving the door open to talk about. Things that are going to produce like critical thinking skills, you know, because to be able to act, have effective critical thinking skills, you got to be able to talk about really hard things that are like way outside of yourself. Because, yeah. like, when you do, you're all the more willing to like listen, you know, and um, with the listening kind of comes growth and all that. But I think, like, as a collective, like, As Westerners and all that, we don't put a big emphasis on like having hard conversations, especially in schools. Like, your your main teacher would be like, "Oh, we can't talk about that in school." And it's just like, "Yo, we in a fucking school where we come here to learn. Why would we not talk about shit?" You know?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So it's just like it's. I think it's just a reflection like how we deal with hard things culturally, and that's that's why we have a bunch of ignorant, (laughs) yeah, yeah, (laughs) people can't have like conversations about hard stuff. You know?
0: Exactly. One of uh, one of the greatest educational experiences I ever got was in uh, 11th grade. I took a government class um, and the teacher's name was uh, Mr. Furlong and uh, how he operated his class was, um, you know, it was about government. He had notes and all that, but he, you know, because he was like very into the news and all that. He was very in tune with what was going on. Yeah. So every time something happened on the news he and it was important he felt it was important be like okay today's lesson we're not going to do today's lesson we're just going to talk about this and what happened and like that was such a refreshing experience i don't think it's something i've ever had since then yeah just like a like a truly just like hey you know what i don't care about what's in this book i care about you and your understanding and i think that this some media does discussing this is going to teach you in this moment better than this So that's what we're gonna do and let like, Yeah, man like that And that's just the problem with the education system these days is like and I, sorry I know you're a part of it and all that but like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's it, it It lacks that it's mm-hmm. it's really just like okay. Here's this government issued textbook and This is these are the facts and we're gonna give you a test and you remember memorize them. We're not gonna. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know I, I think tests should have more essays than multiple choice I think oh would really be way way more huh. cognitively like yeah that know. just makes sense
1: yeah that's interesting yeah maybe I, i'm
0: I, just better essays i don't know
1: but <laughs> i i'll say this I, i'd pass a lot more classes the first time around if it was more essays than like huh. test stuff because i'm i suck at tests yeah but like it, 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 i agree with you though. that that's the thing like being involved in education is such a weird thing because like because because i'm a part of it i do like I, I'm kind of like in the nuance of like I'm a part of, it, but also I critique. There's a reason why like even with the school that I'm I'm teaching at now, like it's dope because from from what I'm understanding now that they, they operate different from from other schools where they give teachers full autonomy to teach how they want to teach and all that. So that's cool because like that's not in a lot of schools that's and stuff awesome. like that. That's awesome, you know. But um, that's one thing I'm always critiquing about education. That's why we're having all these problems, like world like on a U.S. scale of like schools kind of like being shut down all the more and it's just like and and kind of like the 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 quality of education being questioned it's 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 just because Mm -hmm. like these spaces we don't we we they've existed for for the longest period of time to like pretty much have people who don't have opinion on their own and the school crafts what their opinion should be but Mm -hmm. now in this day and age you have like when you have shit like instagram facebook youtube all these things were like kids can like get on it and learn things that they never knew where was a thing, you know. They could go in the clas- classroom classroom be smarter than a teacher. Mm-hmm. Like they could go to a classroom yep. and like the teacher. Maybe you talk about Thanksgiving and being like, oh yeah, the 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 people who went to these Indian uh, regions were, were were kind people. And like a kid could rebut them be like, no, nah, I saw a TikTok that actually talked about these and gave details and saying that you're bullshit. You know, like it kind of points out the chink of the armor. And I think that's where education is failing. We're like they're not keeping up. It's kind of it's it's the same. Yeah. History repeats itself. Yep. The same thing yep. that we're kind of going through now is the same thing that, like, people during the enlightenment period probably went through where, like, people were getting smarter outside the the uh, systems that were created. And the system either had a place of, like, creating something to kind of cater to these people as they're growing now or just stay mm-hmm. behind, you know? And I think education now is one of those things where, like, with all these things growing, like, education has the pers- like has the opportunity to, like, join along with, like, creating spaces that, that more help with like developing developing critical thinking because that's literally what makes like a a person contribute to a world better when they can critically think about the world around them and know why you know as opposed to like having these things where um where you're just being told that like this thing's a thing even though research out there tells you that this thing isn't a thing it's not the only way to look at life you know as long as schools just as long as schools rely on that whole like okay we're here to teach y'all something about yourselves you're gonna fail because like these kids are smart as hell like <laughs> they're not gonna they're not going to the class like y'all did like back like 50 years ago where y'all just accepted everything yeah right <laughs> like yeah. we're a little bit more smarter now so it's you know i think that's the problem with education that's why like kids are going to school less and less one one reason why there's a sure. myriad of reasons but you know kids can see their bullshit you know
0: yeah man yeah well you know i think uh it's almost kind of similar to like uh i've I mentioned this book a ton of times so i apologize to the audience but uh the white pill by michael mouse i just finished reading it's about um i think I, yeah i told you about that book I, or you kind of I, I was like posting segments of it and you commented on it it was like the book about uh, oh, the rise and of the Soviet yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah uh, well uh, and toward the end of the book they're talking about like the, you know the fall of it and um, like it got to a point like the reason that system crumbled is because people just stopped caring mm. because they just they they saw through all the bullshit and they were like like they they would uh they would like the people like in the intelligence agencies, they would like hear coded language that they knew was like going against the Soviet Union, but they just like didn't care because we're like, fuck this. I think yeah. that I think you're kind of seeing something similar to that happen in education. Yeah, like you see more and more and more teachers just being like, I don't give a fuck. I don't get paid shit. Like these kids don't care. They all find out from YouTube and TikTok anyway like mm-hmm. you know look at what happened over the pandemic like how yeah yeah how you had those like zoom sessions where the teachers just like did not give a fuck and then the parents like saw it in their house and mm-hmm. they're like this is bullshit <laughs> this is what my kid's going to or on the you other
1: hand they started hearing how some of the teachers talk to the kids too yeah yeah <laughs> you know yeah. the ones who are just really just like super like just, just, just gung-ho yeah. about just being super just like controlling of the environments and stuff like that yeah. and like we'll say like crazy things you know i think that yeah the, the pandemic really revealed about a lot of things about education you know like it revealed one big thing of just like how kids just don't have like kids can learn outside of this like space of just going to a physical space you know mm-hmm. but also kind of just like it like you said kind of like really kind of like revealed that kind of like sense of like I don't care anymore, you know, which kind of leads to like the quality of education and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. Um, I got a piss, uh, but we will come right back and we'll resume this.
1: Yes, sir. All right. Oh yeah. Love the quad cities, but it's it's like a sunken place. (laughs) Yeah, man.
0: Yeah. uh, Not to show on him, but it is pretty sad that four cities are shittier than one.
1: And mind you more, it's like seven cities combined. They just, yeah. Like, so it's rock Island, Rock Island, Moline, Bendorf Nap, are the ones that are just mainly talked about. But like East Moline is a part of the Quad Cities too. LeClaire mm. is a part of the, the a, a part of the Quad Cities. Like Milan, like there's a bunch yeah. of like. So it's literally like seven or eight <laughs> towns, and like it's still freaking. It's just a weird place. I love it, but it's a weird place. It's just weird. weird, especially yeah. when you like go outside and then come back. It's like, oh shit, this place is <laughs> toxic. <laughs>
0: Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. We had a pretty good trip coming up, though. Like, we we took a whole day where we just hung out in the hotel. I feel like we just really, like... (sighs) I don't know. Maybe people go on vacation and they think that's dumb, but like, I just, I loved it. I loved just yeah. like, kinda hanging out in the room all day. And like,
1: no, the, the Quad Cities is dope. To, like, for a day to just go to, like, there's there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the Quad Cities. Though people say there's not shit in the Quad Cities, there's a lot of stuff you can go to that's like mm-hmm. fun and there's all, like, and continues to grow. Like, it's great for uh, like a day or two, but like, that third day, like, you just start feeling like the, the, the town <laughs> weirdness. Yeah. Like, you just yeah. have the townies stare at you in weird ways, like, ask you <laughs> weird questions. And then you start realizing, like oh shit yeah it ain't the place to like live live you know unless you're just trying to like have like a family and just have a place where it's just like nothing goes on much you know
0: yeah exactly well we're basically back already but yeah we've returned it's in the cow stars once again Aubrey I I fucking I'm so glad that you're here man I can't say that enough I I feel like we we, we've had like four other times before this where we've been like yeah let's do a pod and then something comes up and yeah. yeah. So it's Could, good to finally get you in here, man. No, for sure. This like I said, man,
1: this is one of my favorite podcasts to return to just cuz like I feel like because like because we know each other for so long and all that like we we can talk about like real stuff and like Yeah. kind of like yeah, what we are talking about earlier, you know, like this I love all the podcasts that I've been on, but like I know like with this one like we we can talk about like real like real stuff and 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 do it for hours at a time, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: are you still doing stuff with your Black Thoughts podcast?
1: It's kind of on standstill sure. right now, just because like for me, like um, the initial vision that I had for the podcast, like um, we kind of like escaped it where like I wanted it to be a place where like we had like real conversations, you know, about things that aren't conversed about in like the black community, you know, whether it be, be about religion, mental health or just anything. And we did that, but I feel like there's a part of it for me personally, there's a part of it that kind of felt like it was just very like I don't know. It was very just kind of like surface still. Mm, yeah. You know, there there it, it just was. It didn't really accomplish what I, like <clears throat> what I wanted it to accomplish and like it just kind of grew into its own thing. So like sometimes things grow into their own thing like that, so you can't change it, but um we haven't touched it for for a while just because of like me running this like non and figure yeah. out shit there. And I've honestly had ideas just for like another podcast to start, but I've kind of just been like keeping it on the back of my brain. Sure. You know, but yeah, it's. I don't know when it, if it's gonna return. If it does, I probably won't be like a host like I was. Sure, sure. You know, just because like I feel like with what it is as an entity, someone else can kind of fit that uh, space better. Where like I don't think that the podcast podcast gave space to like having nuanced conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, that didn't feel like that didn't feel kind of like um like watching an episode of the news. You know, sure. It just kind of really escaped my like vision for it. So I kind of just let that kind of just sit and grow into its own thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: Well, we were just talking. I mean, we were just talking about this literally for before- right before the podcast started. Like, uh, you know, I-, I think Iowa has a lot of podcasts in the Midwest and Iowa have a really hard time breaking that. Um, that barrier of like the nuance you know having wild stuff like what you know i try to do in this podcast um and it's understandable why like there, there you do get a lot of backlash and criticism Mm -hmm. like i i've personally gone through the whole fucking yeah all of it you know Mm -hmm. like it, it it is hard to like like have those nuanced opinions it's way easier to just like sit there and be like yep okay you know i'm even guilty of it like i i have guests that like say crazy shit and then I don't really know how to react, and then I kind of I'm later. I'm like, fuck! I should have like, like you know, uh, you know, corner, not cornered them, but like you know, I should have like critiqued them on this point, and like you know, said this and that, etc. Um, you know, it's just, it's really hard in the moment. Like it's it's really like it's really like mm-hmm. a, like training yourself, like you know, like working a muscle. Yeah, Like, it's really hard. Like like the reason like you know like someone like Joe Rogan like and honestly he's kind of fallen off in this regard but like you know one of the things he was really good at was like doing that like like but is is that really right or are you just like he he's one of those people who most of the time is like not afraid to just say like just call you on your bullshit you know Mm -hmm. that's a really hard thing to do like in the moment like yeah um, especially when you're talking with someone who like you know is like ideologically different than you it's like okay i could Spend the next forty minutes doing, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> having this huge ass conversation, yeah. Or I can just let this go. And I just, yeah, <laughs> man, it's uh,
1: I, I bro. I, I pointed back to just like being being the reason that we are. Like the one thing I continue to remember about this part of the Midwest, like, is because it like, it's and I mean, like, just from 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 Rock Island to here, like, though y'all are a lot more, the is a lot more progressive than. Davenport I like to think you know, so too yeah. it's, it's way more like by oh, far yeah. way more progressive than, than Davenport or like Bentendorf or stuff like that but with that said there's still this like culture that kind of exists from from Rock Island to here where like it's weird we're, 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 when it comes to just like being in, in the face of like innovation or like things that like May push people the wrong way, like in the Midwest. We just don't talk about like hard stuff. I, I don't know. It's just because like the Midwest is just like a friendly part of the. Like I think it's the church culture,
0: man. I I, I really like. Yeah. Um, growing up in this in small town northwest Iowa, um, that I mean that's just been clear as day from day one. There's like there's this Christian church like you know, Bible, you know, or, you know, church group type of vibe where it's like, there's just these things we just don't talk about. And we're going to ostracize you if you do. And I, that <clears throat> I really think like Christianity in the Midwest is like at the forefront of that, whether like, yeah. whether or not people are even like religious or not, like just that culture and that, like, yeah, people call it politeness Yes, in some ways, but also in a lot of ways, it's just like ignorance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just think that that's like the reason that's prevalent in the Midwest is because of religion. That's why I think. Hmm. I never thought
1: about it like that. Hmm. I could see it. That was like my
0: upbringing essentially so yeah. i about this for
1: decades. yeah I, I wish i wish uh some of these midwest churches would have the same energy when they talk about uh uh illegal immigrants because uh, right. <laughs> in Bentendorf, they had a whole with like having that culture like it's in Bentendorf, like y- a few years ago like they had a whole like they had a whole summit talking about how they didn't want illegal immigrants in Bentendorf, <laughs> and they were okay with openly saying like we don't want them there's a whole news thing on it so it's just like uh, yeah it did th- I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask you too. My, I know my, I tagged my homie uh, Rob McCoy yeah. in that status
0: and all that. So I, so I did talk with him a little bit. Um, Rob, if if you're listening, please reach out to me. I do really want it, but um, yeah, I just I, I I'll, I'll probably hit him up again after this episode, honestly. But we kind of lost communication, but we were we were talking about having an episode. I really really hope he's still down for that because. Uh, he-
1: He's he'd be a perfect dude, bro. Like it's like Rob's one of those dudes like so so he's like he's a pastor of this church in Rock Island called Two Rivers Methodist Church. Okay. You know, but um it's very he's very um He's very wise. Like I, I really appreciate him honestly, even though I'm not someone who like like considers himself like a Christian, you know, like It's just because of like being there and it not like you know in the journey that I had you know like I don't consider myself Christian but like kind of seeing what he does and like how he allows his beliefs to like really kind of like build inclusive communities it's dope like his church has actually uh they they've been having this battle the last couple years um correct me if I'm wrong too later Rob but um they've been having this about the last couple of years where they've been meeting with like the, uh, the council of the Methodist churches and all that, and mm. kind of pushing against them to like, make like their church, uh, LGBTQIA plus like inclusive, which means like giving them a space where like none of their doctrines about like the whole thing that folks harp on when it comes to like Christianity saying homosexuality is a said sin. Like he doesn't believe that. Yeah. He doesn't think that's a thing. Yeah. So like, and like, and then he has a, I mean, he has family members who are part of that community too. So like, like to kind of see how he's been advocating in, in that space for the last couple of years of seeing them win that and like his church now being like lgbtq like inclusive like i can imagine he took a whole bunch of hits uh, against that like against that because of like what christianity is in the west and all that but yeah. he's definitely one of those dudes like i've had conversations with him and like he's i mean he's one of the guys who like my non-profit right now like he's the one who's kind of like helped us kind of like get off the ground and all that and he never asked anything in return like come to a church or nothing like that he didn't care about that part he just wanted to, mm-hmm. to help an entity around here so like uh that's doing good things so like uh, and I've, I've known him for like four or five years So like we've had conversations about faith and like why well, i'm not a christian anymore and like he always is telling me like he's how he agrees like, he has that space where, like, being a, a Christian pastor is hard while having, like, progressive ideas because, like, he realizes that there's a lot of racism and homophobia in said, like, Christian culture. But, like, he he, he believes, like, that part of his job is just to, like, show how, like, it, what it means to just be human, uh, living a spiritual experience, as he kind of says, you know. So he's, he's a dope guy to have on because yeah. he has such a nuanced perspective when it comes to faith. Like, super dope. Like, super dope. I've, I've learned a lot from him myself, really
0: yeah no i uh, i really hope he um you know i hope we can continue to talk and that we can make it happen because uh yeah i i i've i've been struggling for a long time to find somebody from a religious organization willing to have a conversation with me mm-hmm. um the only thing that's come i mean come kind of close is the um uh jason bunnell from the iowa atheists and Freethinkers. uh if you haven't listened to that episode I highly oh yeah it. no I, I listened to that episode yeah, that, that was did? uh the atheist homie yep yeah yep. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was uh, well, we, a episode. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We, uh, you know, I, it was kind of interesting because, you know, I consider myself an atheist, mm. but there were a lot of points that we disagreed on. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I I, because, you know, that's kind of interesting. That, that's like the one thing about Christianity that always loses me mm-hmm. is the homophobia.
1: Like, oh yeah like
0: uh, like and so I like i don't really like i personally i don't want to speak on too much because i want to save it for the interview yeah, yeah, but, like, yeah i don't really know like how i feel about that when like church is kind of like it almost kind of feels like um white people will support black lives matter you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> like like they're like we've been so shitty but like now all of a sudden we're like ah, we're, on team <laughs> we're on team oh primo, yeah you know yeah i don't know but but i mean look uh it, it, he uh he seems like someone who genuinely like, uh, you know, supports that group and is trying to, and you know, that at the end of the day, I, I respect. I respect individuals, not the, not the institutions, you know. Yeah,
1: I mean? yeah, but as an individual, like, he's just, he's just dope, you know. Yeah, It seems like a cool guy, yeah. Yeah, he's just, like, he he just definitely, like, I mean the fact that, like, I can the fact that, like, that I've been operating a program outside, I, like, with, within a church for the last, this last year, and, like, he's never like, expected, like, anything where like your regular church would be like oh well if you guys are gonna use our space like these kids need to come to our church and convert to jesus and all that he doesn't do any of that and like he's kind of like against that too you know in the sense of just like that kind of like that form of indoctrination and all that but there's something to be said man like what's kind of having the hardship of church bro like it's i feel like it's just like again and i talk about it from someone who was there and was there heavily like i tell people all the time like like to that like and i always emphasize that like i was in church culture for six years yeah six yeah. years and like in that six years like it was the intention of like becoming a youth pastor or pastor so like whereas your 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 regular church goer in juxtaposition position to me and all that we went through six, even though you went to church and i, I did like I, my experience was completely different because like when you're in there with the intention of like being a part of the church institution like you're reading the bible yeah. three times a day and like being taught how to interpret it from like a, a very white western <laughs> perspective like yeah. oh well jesus meant this when he said this yeah you know it's just like it, i was just in the thick of all that but one thing that, uh, that i do say about church culture is that like they're only comfortable going into spaces if they know that like that they can have influence on an individual yeah. or the entity you exactly. know and i say that just and i'm gonna bring up a real story and this is the first <laughs> time i say it out loud. Well, i ain't gonna call nobody out but um i think it's, it's meant to be said like just with the context of this but after my brother passed like i think a year and a half later um there was a pastor who i was talking to who um who um who i used to work with and all that when i was a christian and all that and um he pretty much hit me up and said he wanted to talk, and for me, I'm, I know what that means. Like, you, you want me to? You're, you're going to check up on my my religiosity and see where sure. I'm at, yeah, and all that. And it was that, you know, it ended up being that him asking. I was like, "So, uh, what's your relation with Jesus?" It was like, "It is." I don't. I don't <laughs> what do you want me to say? You want me to say some? Oh my goodness! Like, I love Jesus. I'm still reading. It. It was like you want me to say that, but I ain't going to say that. I'm just going to say it is what it is you know whatever but um the same guy we're having a conversation and he was mentioning how um he was really close to my family right so like Mm. my brother he mentioned to me how like my brother the day before he passed he reached out to his wife my brother was kind of just like in this place of just asking him like yo like so what would god think about me if i did this or that or the other and the pastor's wife's response was like well i can't answer that now unless you come and meet us and talk about it and all that and then this happened so for me you know like For me, that's why I I look at that. I'm like, that just shows me that like your religion it doesn't do anything for anybody but you, you know. At at the end of the day, because like it's just like this. If you ever, for me, if you're like a spiritual person or like a spiritually conscious person, you know. That means that like you're 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 sensitive to the human experience and like you're you're willing to do what you can within your power to go to that person struggling and all that, like you know that that's my whole perspective. But if if your religion or spirituality says that like you have all the answers but don't give them unless they convert to your club, that's a bullshit ass religion. Like I'll call that out e- easy, you know. But that's oh a lot God. of what what a lot of like religion kind of like operates under. It's just like oh we don't want to go into these spaces unless we completely know that we're going to change this person's life for Jesus and all, all this weird crap, you know? And it's just something. And, and that's what I'm not. That's one thing that I'm just like, that I grow like intolerant of, like as a person who's still like, even though I don't consider myself Christian, like I do kind of have that nuance of just like the things that like you're spiritual. Are, yeah. Yeah. You know, just the things that like Jesus taught and stuff like that. I don't, even though I don't think that like things are like, literal when it comes to like these like miracles that happened in the bible sure, like yeah. i don't personally I don't think they have happened but i think that's besides the point i think it doesn't matter whether you believe they happened or not whatever but i'm like he was a pretty radical thinker that's why i see when i look at like read the bible like i see a radical thinker who was changing a system and political and religious leaders and like it so they killed him you
0: know yeah he was an enemy of the state so
1: like <laughs> that's the thing that i like that's the thing that i rock with just like the teachings and all that but i rock with it just like i rock with the teachings from buddhism mm-hmm. or the teachings that i get from um anything else because for me like uh and, and to kind of go back to like what we we're talking about earlier for me like that's why like whether it be christianity or athe- atheism i feel like any idea that like says this idea is the one right idea i feel like that's just dangerous because it has so much certainty behind it like mm-hmm well i critique christianity just like i critique like someone who just has an atheist and, and, and sure. the, you know just atheist side of idea of like oh this doesn't exist at all and like in this side this is like oh well it does exist i'm like how can y'all be so certain mm. you know i like it's on the side of like for for me just like when you look at things like um the, the the whole ism of like matter and how like from from a from a very statistical tangible research ism like people who who study like um things when it comes to mass and like quantum physics they say that there's like there's there's things that are not seen energy wise that like we give to each other and all that mm-hmm. to kind of like be yeah. like this is you know for, for me i i think it's just like i i never have complete certainty on on, on things but i just yeah. take everything i kind of learn from it you know i can never really be someone who's completely certain on like oh this is just the one right idea of life because like when you have that thing you're kind of ignorant to everything else that like may like critique that you know
0: Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree, man. Uh, You know, like I, like yes, I consider myself an atheist, but um, you know, there are a lot of things about the atheist communities that I have a lot of critique on. Um, Yeah, especially like when it comes to like the political aspect, like how how strictly aligned like left lean they are, even though like and and there are a lot of areas in that I feel like they're not able to see the whole like the gaping or. You know, they're doing the same thing that, you know, some Christians are doing in a sense. They're just, they're giving their, like you said, like they're giving their ambitions all into one thing. And they're saying, hey, this is like, this is accurate. Because like, you know, I believe a true atheist, like if someone's a true atheist, like they can't say I 100% know that there's no God. Like I can't make that statement because I don't know. We Mm -hmm. don't have like, we don't have a scientific way, but you know, and I'm not talking, when I say science, I don't mean Fauci science yeah I mean, I mean real science <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um you know that's the beauty of science is like um if you have a theory or you have a hypothesis you can you can you know take tools and math or whatever and apply it into the real world and see for yourself oh, okay this all lines up mm-hmm. and um i think you know if you don't have that and you're willing to just make the assertion that like yes 100 percent, like either way then yeah like you're not an atheist like you're not you're not like you are not a true atheistic like, you are a like a, like that's the mm. problem like there are cult followers in atheism like they're like mm. you know i'm a libertarian There are cult followers in libertarianism you know? yeah like, every group just has those people who are just not going to have that kind of you know so i mean yeah. and, and that's a that's something that i debate with too like how like how much faith and how much like do I want to put myself into these, like, you know, atheism or libertarianism or whatever? Like, how much am I willing to put myself into that and, like, to, you know, give myself to that? Like, it's a it's a thing I, I debate with and I think anyone should.
1: Yeah, it's, the, the I like, those ideas, I feel like those ideas are good to, like, wrestle with, to, like, make us, like, get to, like, our true belief of, like, what is and not, like, lean on, like, somebody else's idea holistically, you know? I think, a lot, like, you, you should have those ideas that, like i'm more so about like things that like i disagree with like i'm more so about wrestling with those things not for the sense of like disproving it but really kind of like having be a thing of like within myself be like okay like why do i disagree with this like is there Mm. something here that can be learned about that i feel like it's just better to be like that when it comes to like things like when it comes to just like things things within that realm of like spirituality because like spirituality is just like there's uncertainty there none of us truly know anything we don't know of a I I I don't think uh, heaven or hell exists I think we just made that up with like the human language we have to kind of like deal with like suffering and justifying shit you know we don't truly know these things everything is just speculation you know so like the best thing you can do is like not be like oh this is completely the right way because it makes sense to me it's like cool but realize that like there's fucking countries out there that never heard about science that never (laughs) heard about Jesus and they're doing just fine without without either or of them you know and it doesn't dilute (laughs) the fact of saying that like your idea doesn't exist, but it says that like your idea isn't the only idea, and that's why like I'm always about like just holding a space for uncertainty and being okay with being like I don't know. <laughs> you know, there's a lot yes. more power behind I don't know than I know because sometimes you don't know and you're just going off yes. what you know from your yes. perspective.
0: You know, I hundred percent yes, uh, uh, I couldn't have put it said it better myself. That is like that is the thing that is those are the three keywords of science. Being, yeah. being willing to say I don't know yeah like that's so important like if you can't do that then you're not a scientist you're not an open-minded person you're not a free thinker yeah sorry you're just not
1: no seriously and it's 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 funny I, I, and i said it all to say too like in the last few the last few weeks man it's been kind of crazy the last few months like as a creative i don't know what it's been but i've been getting invited to churches to do things you know like to do poetry and stuff like that you Weird. know like it's well Rob, like rob's church the homie i was just talking about it makes sense with his because like he's he's on on uh for pride month he literally had like poets like youth poets who were like mm. a part of the lgbtq community come and share poems and he's like it don't got to be religious and know how to be clean language. You say what you gotta say. So like, it makes sense for him, but like churches that are super a lot more like conservative of their thoughts I'm like what do you see in me that like (laughs) that makes you think that I'm like the perfect for this you know it's funny (laughs) because the last church I did some stuff at I did a poem for this church and all this and the last poem I did that I was like close to like religious was this poem that I wrote called like Stars of Mezak it was actually on my autism's album so it's on Mm. Spotify but it's pretty much talking about the nuance of religion where I realized that like there's always going to be a part of me just because of my upbringing because like the ancestral narratives of it that's always going to have that spiritual aspect to be like I can't escape it You, you you, you hear it in my music, mm-hmm. you hear them art, it's just always gonna be there. And I just gotta be like, okay, well this is a part of me, you know. But with that said, there's also part of me that's just like always gonna critique it. So I did this poem pretty much at this church and the last few bars was pretty much critiquing the church and telling like people that they they were like that um it's a form of like brainwash if you just a- allow yourself to be confined to a space and tell them to tell you let them tell you what, what you believe. And I didn't really think about it so I got to like the last lines of the poem where I'm pretty much Pointing at everybody there, and talking about them, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, <laughs> I was like, "I might be able to come back to this church," but like, <laughs> one of my homies who's a, a drummer there, uh, we were doing some work of the last week, and I was like, "Yeah, bro," I was kind of, I was kind of like nervous because I really did kind of critique the church in front of the church face. Like, he's like, "But bro," he said the you're supposed to say, "Like the fuck," and I'm like, "That makes me feel good. The fact that you're in here and I can say that and you agree, you know." So like, there's there's almost like the silver line that I'm glad, even though I don't really like abide by any kind of religious thought. It's cool to see that there's people inside the church too. And it's kind of like education or we're inside this system of the church and like are fully church, but also like critique kind of the thoughts in it. It's kind of cool to be able to see that because like going into churches, I'm just like, man, I, I don't know why y'all had me here, but I'm here doing what I'm doing. And it's so weird but it's it's cool to see that there's real people who also like have those real thoughts of like yeah i don't i don't agree with that either you know it's it's yeah. a little bit more like okay cool there's there's hope for these spaces too <laughs> yeah
0: you know it's funny uh <laughs> me and molly like the earlier last week we were talking and i was like i was telling her about um when you were like when you were like deep in the church and you were living at that house how you felt like a slave and molly was like colman don't call aubrey a slave <laughs> Hey it's I funny. was like, no, he said it there is way more context to that. First of all, I don't remember it, but
1: with that said, like there, funny. there is something to be said about like it's it's funny cause like I think like it's whether the people who 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 did it or not were, were conscious of it, like there there's something to be said that like the church churches be doing that to people, like literally like <laughs> like if especially in the midwest like it's it's so it's so easy to kind of like be like the only black person like religious spaces especially in this part of midwest because like the churches are so segregated so if you're a black person going to all white church you're surrounded by a whole bunch of white people so there's probably going to be a lot of like really weird stuff that you're going (laughs) to experience because they're never around black people so like there was like there there was a part of that where it it was low-key like slavery really like just say they literally had me in this house said we're going to give it to you for free you just gotta read the Bible with us every morning, agree with us every day, and like yeah. you gotta do what we you gotta eat dinner with us and the family.
0: And it's just like that's
1: there was a heavy aspect of that. It really was. Yeah, like
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. There's this uh <clears throat> i'm my regular job, there's this girl I work with and uh she's like uh she's kind of in a similar position to what you were in. Like she's at like a pastor's house, like living there like rent-free but just like does all their shit like the cleans dishes or whatever uh, but like she kind of has like you know like in my workspace there's like you know people of all different cultures and such but like just how like i can't even really say like specifically but like just like how she addresses that it's so like enlightened white like liberal <laughs> it's oh just so funny. I'm curious. like she just says some stuff and i just like like oh my god you just said that and like it's it's funny because they say it thinking that they're like i'm saying the right thing anymore. yeah no, you just sound really fucking racist <laughs> <laughs> wait what you, i'm curious what you say oh uh, what was it like uh she was just like talking this like I, I can't remember it was like islam or asian lady and she was just like yeah i'm, I'm accepting of all races or something and i was just like
1: oh you, know, you,
0: you don't need to say that
1: <laughs> people who are accepting of all races don't really need to ever like say that you know, it's just like the fact that you got to say it. You try to convince yourself that you don't feel uncomfortable here because you accept. That's more so for you. Yeah. Yeah,
0: man. Yeah. It's funny. People are hilarious. Uh, shit, man. We've been almost going for two hours. I think this might be a good place to wrap up. Oh, shit. Cool. I, have, I have another guest coming, unfortunately. So we, oh, got, we'll, we said what we need to say, man. Exactly. I think we did. I think we, we did. We got
1: another uh, uh, very offensive uh, episode. So. <laughs>
0: In the, in the books, motherfuckers right. He's just marking off uh, all the check bo- boxes, Coleman the racist, and <laughs> Aubrey Barnes. <laughs> he was
1: okay with the racism. <laughs> I'm already seeing it. I'm gonna have to have some conversations about
0: uh, Yeah, I do kind of feel bad. I hope I didn't put you on the spot, but
1: nah, and hey, man, that is, I think having content like this is like it, it's, it's helpful for people at the end of the day just again because it's just like yeah, it's, I, I don't know I think as a creative I realized that like offense is going to be there in, mm-hmm. in in some kind of way shape or form you know but uh, because like again we, we just don't know how to like have hard conversations or be in the midst of hard stuff so I said to just say mm-hmm. that like I don't care. <laughs> 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 if people are offended, it's just like, hey, it's not. It's it's more so on your perception than 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 what was yeah. said. And, you know, that, that's more to be wrestled with. So, I never feel on the spot.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, man. I
1: know what I was coming into. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I'm glad you understand. That. I don't. I don't know if everybody does, but <laughs> yeah, it's
1: you know people. People won't. You know, there's, there's, there's going
0: to be people who don't, and exactly. that's just going to exist. Exactly. What was it George Carlin said? Uh, Never underestimate a large group of stupid people, or something like that. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's real. <laughs> it's real. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, was where can people find you? Uh, we'll put your links in the description, obviously. But uh, where can people find you? What do you got coming down the pipeline here?
1: Yeah. So. um just uh, finding me on IG is probably the most easiest. <laughs> just Mister Obs, M I S T E R A U B S. Just find that. On. I can just send you all the stuff to like find a lot of my stuff at. But oh, yeah. I've been working on a lot of like new, different stuff art wise, man. So like this, this next fall coming up, like I'm really changing the trajectory to focus more on spoken word and like combining music. So y'all, y- y'all will find out here soon what what uh what's coming out soon. But I wanted to be a little bit of a surprise. I'll tell you about off off thing, but we're gonna like have this. Synth- sure. Of, like, Sure, yeah.
0: keep it in the mystery, yeah. Yeah, For sure, for sure. And we didn't really get a chance to talk about it, but um <clears throat> your album From the Dirt, um that um yes. that album and uh uh <laughs> sometimes I wish I kept my eyes closed. Both really good projects. You know, yeah. and going back to that uh From the Dirt, I I don't know if this is true but I like to think that I'm a key part in you you two like meeting each other because Oh uh, like, yeah, no. Because he, sure. he was at that show, I'm like, "Oh my god, this is like this is obvious, awesome, man. This is, hes like one of the most fucking prolific rappers in the Midwest.
1: Yeah, wow. no, for guys, sure, for sure. But that—that it's—it's funny because after we met, he sent me a whole bunch of beats for free, and I was like, I'm gonna make a project out of these beats. So you were part of that for sure because he yeah. sent me a whole bunch of beats that's still tipping beat. Like, so you definitely, you definitely made that happen. Uh, y- y'all wouldn't have from the dirt if it wasn't for McAllister. So well, yeah.
0: well, when you want to throw me a bone, just let me know. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'll, I'll send you a check for all the money we're making off this project. We're very lucrative right now. I'm swimming in dough, and I got like three houses
0: from the dirt. I'll give you one of the houses. <laughs> Just give me like three checks or like five cents each. Yeah. <laughs> I got a couple pennies in my pocket. Sorry qu- real quick story. Um, I had this I had this uh, uh, guitar teacher and he he like had a little bit of success with the music on the radio one time and he said that one time he got a series of, because you would get a check for every time they played the song on the radio and he had like a stack of checks that was this thick that was literally a penny.
1: Holy shit. <laughs> like,
0: that it holy was shit. less than a penny his checks man. That I don't even wild. know how that's legal but <laughs> they, <laughs> what, His checks were less than a wait he had like a stack of checks and that was like maybe it was like a couple cents but it was like it was back in the 80s like it was just that was like how little money is being made and how much the studios took so that so like
1: he, were you, was he living in the great depression what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> like
0: <laughs> that's just that's how much they
1: screw you man that's insane
0: yeah like if you look at like like, like even you take like like thriller like michael jackson's thriller like mm. if you look at like like yeah he made a lot of money but if you look at how much more money the record company made it's like such a small percentage it's like
1: oh yeah it's always like that too they fuck you i gotta ask a question because i i know we're supposed to close up (laughs) yeah go for it you usually do that uh like the did you do the bowl out of the uh oh the fucked up bucket
0: yeah uh so that's that's currently in process i have uh, a draft of a bunch of stuff. I've been really busy. I'm I'm uh, I'm doing a movie right now. I got um we're making a superhero stoner comedy about uh, where Kim Reynolds is the villain. We're working on that right now. So I'm, I'm really busy. I do have uh, a series of fucked up questions, but I'm saving it for episode 200. We're gonna have episode 200, and we're gonna like just read off a bunch of them, and then oh, we'll have shit. it recycled. Till then, if you guys have something fucked up you want um submit, we can do that. You can do that on my website, um, do thecalstars dot com. There is a um, Fucked up bucket submission form, you can put up to two. Just, I don't know, like, just shoot your shot. You got something fucked up, you think that might be funny, they come in the bucket. Um, After episode 200, we'll have that end, so. I'm going to have some
1: people do that for real. Hell there yeah. We go. Please do, please do.
0: I need... I need submissions. Make, I need a writing team. Content. Yeah, I need a writer's team, really. That's what...
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the next day, man.
0: <laughs> that's the next investment. Not the not microphones or anything, just the writing so staff. The,
1: write, the writing squad. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Um, all right, guys. OBS, uh, pleasure again. Uh, we'll have all your links and I'll go check out those albums. Um, the Macau Stars Podcast, we're here every Monday and Thursday at 7 p.m. Uh, you can find us on any audio or video platform or on youtube etc um we also have a patreon where you can get exclusive content there exclusive interviews behind the scenes clips shit like that um we also have a website go check that out and yeah donate motherfuckers <laughs>
1: support creatives like that donate exactly donate in this piece
0: don't you know you don't even have to donate just give a share give a share give a like you know that's that's the free way to <laughs> the, the donate right things. yeah exactly
1: hard, yeah definitely do that this is uh and and support gray's lake uh, scottish ale from a uh, confluence as well trying to get you some more branding <laughs> here get some of those sponsors dollars
0: <laughs> hey confluence make a make a thc drink and i'll i'll uh yes i'll support that no i'm kidding confluences i don't drink it anymore but it's good shit um also got molly this is this is a fun having you back on to um help out Just do, you like closing, do you have any closing thoughts molly nope.
1: <laughs> She's finished sewing this. Uh,
0: you know, I was going to give you a raise. Project. I was going to give you a raise, but. <laughs> you're, you're buying a writing team before paying your assistant, so. I'm hold my breath. I got my priorities straight. All right, guys. Uh, have a good night. Peace. Peace.